Hey everyone, uh, it's what ten o'clock on a what one Tuesday? Uh, Janelle, it's nice to talk to you again. Hey, what's up, Steve? Here for and, a uh, special edition. Yes, yeah, special edition. Quick whistle. We've got uh, Jared Emerson and Kevin Negron here. What's up, what's going on? Uh, we're going to talk about Marvel. It's nice at seven o'clock out here, though. I'm, uh, I still got the sun up. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely not up here anymore, Jared. Yeah, you, you should be thankful, Jared. I'm waiting for you right now. I'm very tired after a long, grueling day of work, but I waited for you, my specific time zone friend. Well, you know, I had to wait for you to go have dinner with your grandma, so. <laughs> like a good grandson. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into Captain Marvel here in a second. Uh, Kevin, if you want to go ahead, uh I don't know if you want to review the movie or kind of overview your your piece you wrote, and we can go ahead into all our thoughts. Sure. So this is going to be a special edition of the Quick Whistle podcast, but it's also going to be posted on our Read All About It blog. Um, on there, you can find my non-spoiler review of Captain Marvel, so you can kind of read through everything that I'm just going to kind of say right now anyways. Uh, but some of us have seen the movie twice. I believe that's me and Janelle, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve and Jared have seen it once. So yeah. um, basically, to start off with my non-spoiler review, uh, my first viewing um, to my second viewing, something that I, I noticed right away uh, was Brie Larson's performance. So I didn't tell you guys this over the uh, the group chat, but I thought that her performance was way better the second time around. I guess the first time I thought it was a little dry and some misplaced humor here and there, but when I really took into account the whole brainwashing theme, um, which we'll get into later in the review, um, her performance struck me as a, kind of a quiet confidence and way more badass than I saw it the first time around. Um, so I really enjoyed that about the second viewing. Uh, a couple things that I didn't like uh, were the convoluted storytelling at the beginning with the whole brainwashing portion of it. Um, the switch of the scrolls from being baddies to goodies. I like the humor in it all, but I kind of am faithful to the comic ad- adaptation and wish that they would have stayed as baddies. I didn't really mention that in my written review. Um, but I thought when they first announced the movie that it was going to be more of a straight scroll versus Cree war type movie, and Cat would play a big role in that. Uh, I don't know if that's something that they can go ahead and do with Captain Marvel 2. Um we can talk about that in a little bit as well. But overall, first viewing, I thought it was an okay origin story. Um, some missed beats with uh, the plot points that we can get into in, in the in the future here. And then the second viewing, I thought Brie Larson's performance came across as much more confident. So, yeah. Uh, to kick it off, Jared, do you want to go ahead next with your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, I wanted to kind of comment on what you said about Brie Larson's performance and how I thought it was really on point. Um, for the character because you know I think it kind of the movie went into how she had to deal with growing up with you know a dad who didn't really support her and going through military where she was always kind of you know looked at differently her and her friend who were trying to become pilots and I think that kind of gave her this hardened exterior from the beginning because if you look at who she got along with best it was her best friend her best friend's daughter and then, obviously, Fury. She had that humor with him. So, like, the people that actually respected her and treated her as an equal were the people that she got along with best and where her, her real, you know, her real humor came out. Everyone else she kind of acted coldly toward, at least at the beginning, and it kind of changed as more went on. But I kind of thought that that's why they gave her that, that you know, not much character at the beginning is because at the time, you know, she never had a reason to really to to be humorous with those type people because she learned to kind of push that down, you know, try to be one of the guys, so to so to say. Yeah, and I totally agree. And um, maybe I'm not that intuitive. Uh, it takes me two viewings to really soak in a movie. So totally agree with what you had to say there. And um, yeah, next up, uh, Janelle, what'd you think? Yeah. So upon seeing it a second time, I I agree. Like. I still felt like it was a little slow for the first 30 to 40 minutes. I felt like it took a little bit too much time to actually get into the plot line. 
Um, I understand it's an origin story and they're trying to, you know, kind of give background, but I felt like it was dragging a little bit. And then there's a lot in the second half. Like they take this all this time in the first act and then you get to, you know, halfway through and then there's a lot going on, you know, as you progress towards the end of the film. Um, As far as Brie Larson's performance. Yeah. Like I thought, you know, kind of watching it again last night, she, because like you, I kind of felt like some of those jokes fell flat the first time. It felt like a little forced. But then, you know, when thinking about it, I was also kind of paying attention to the script. They didn't do her any favors. I felt like, you know, in, in some of those instances with jokes, it just, it didn't, it didn't flow well. Um, but definitely thought, you know, overall her performance and kind of, showing you know why captain marvel is the way she is i thought she conveyed that as best as she could given the way the script was written right and for something that was supposed to be or marketed as a space movie like you said the first act which was mostly in space or entirely in space Mm -hmm. was for me um so i was a little little disappointed that it wasn't the promised you know space adventure that it was marketed as i thought the um action really ramped up when they went to earth and I'm okay with that, um, but I, I guess it was just kind of like false marketing from my perspective, at least. But Steve, what do you think? Steve, do you hear me? What do you think? Sorry, yeah, my my audio cut out for a second, guys. Uh, yeah, I thought um, you know first viewing and someone who hadn't really read Captain Marvel comics uh, as much as I've read other stuff. Uh, so not knowing as much, thought like everyone else that Brie Larson was great. Um, you know, some of that humor, obviously, in the first, you know, I haven't seen it a second time, but some of the humor did tend to fall flat. But overall, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, you know, Marvel always does a good job. Uh, even don't put out their best movies. They're still really entertaining um even if the first 40 minutes are slow you know they they found a way to pick it up in the second uh you know that that last third or two-thirds of the movie um especially kind of when they got back to earth and once they started focusing uh on her relationship with fury and her best friend and uh and ben mendelson uh, as talos um those once they got into that that whole dynamic it, it kind of all shifted and and became a lot more entertaining than uh, I think, you know, it, it could have been had they kind of followed that whole first act. Right. And like I kind of mentioned in my written review, um, you know, basically everyone's going to view this, uh, this movie from a different perspective. And Janelle brought it up when we were first discussing having this podcast. So uh, I want to kind of give Janelle the floor right now to, I guess, express her feelings on what she thought of the movie coming from a female perspective, which I think is important. Sure. So it was definitely encouraging to see Marvel, you know, kind of finally, you know, take that step towards having a female, you know, led superhero film. Um, I thought, I know that like some of the early thoughts I read um or that you know she didn't really develop as a character throughout the movie you know she starts as this badass superhero and she kind of ends there as well uh but at the same time you know thinking about it as a female um you know we're often told that if we show emotion or you know we need to we need to suppress emotion in order to be taken seriously and there were several times throughout the movie where you know, Carol Danvers is told, you know, you need to, you know, you need to hide your emotion, you need to suppress it. So I kind of identified with that. And I think other women and, you know, little girls, you know, seeing a woman kind of stand up to that, you know, at the end where she tells them, like, I don't need to prove anything to you. Like, that was a big deal. Like, that line itself was just a big deal. So I think, you know, from a feminist perspective, it'll be very effective, you know, for young girls and young women um, to see, you know, somebody they can look up to. So I enjoyed it from that perspective, for sure. And I totally agree. And one of my routines after, um, you know, taking in one of these movies is to look at the general social media reaction, whether that be on Reddit, Instagram, Twitter. I can't count uh, the number of comments and posts I saw about uh, someone bringing their mom, their daughter, any female relative or friend to go see this. And Um, them having this reaction that they'd never seen before. Um, And I think that's super special. Uh, I think that, you know, 
Wonder Woman did a great job of doing that as well. Um, but Captain Marvel was a little bit more different in the way that they portrayed uh, the main hero. Uh, one thing I think that was really interesting is that there was no love interest in the story at all. Uh, Jared, yeah. do you want to talk about a little bit about how you thought that lended to uh, the movie in a positive way? Uh, honestly, you know, I thought that was pretty good. I was uh, actually kind of waiting for that to happen at first. Kind of like, all right, who's it going to be? But then I kind of uh, realized, you know, that it really worked out better where she didn't have one. She is kind of like a almost a solitary figure through most of, you know, through when she's growing up and when she's in the army, but other than her friend. But even when she's, you know, with the Cree for, I think it was, what, what was it, six years? She didn't really have any Cree friends. They never showed any anybody she hung out with or anything like that. So she's kind of solitary. And I think it would have kind of been cheap to all of a sudden just throw someone in there she needs to depend on or something like that, especially in a movie that was all about, you know, her overcoming her own obstacles, you know, rather than rather than needing somebody else. I mean, and honestly, I kind of wanted to, to go into how, you know, the, the, the challenges this movie faced because she is such a powerful character. I was really interested to see how they, you know, what challenges they could put in her way that wouldn't cheapen her abilities because she is someone that's supposed to be as strong as, you know, Thor or something like that. And strong really isn't yeah, stronger. So there's really nobody that they could have put in that movie that was that would have been too much of a challenge for her. Otherwise it would have kind of blown the cover because the whole movie's set in a time before Avengers, before everything like that. So you have all these superheroes later on. If she had some major event she had to save, you know, then it kind of destabilizes the timeline because why would nobody you know everyone remembers new york as the big attack but why wouldn't they remember you know the attack in the 90s that carol danvers took care of so they had to find a way to show off her power and still kind of hide her at the same time i thought that was kind of cool right just to jump off of what you were saying about why wouldn't they remember the attacks um, you know in the 90s and i don't even know where that was just like a desert um arizona anybody have any idea where that was i think it was yeah new i'm mexico. assuming it was because new mexico is where they had the pegasus project in avengers one which is kind of based off tesseract research and i think that's kind of uh kind of a same thing it's all kind of staying in that same area okay that's just a completely a guess like it really doesn't say but i just mean like you know if there was a giant alien attack even in new mexico that would have picked up coverage but until in new york nobody acted like they knew of any aliens so it really didn't it wouldn't have made sense to have this huge invasion and somehow cover up that entire thing right and we could make that headcanon if we want to but the questions <laughs> uh that i think are going to arise from this type of movie and any kind of movie that's set in the past in the mcu uh especially the disney plus series that are coming along with characters that are already dead like loki is where were X characters when X events happened? So where was Captain Marvel? Obviously, when everyone was getting dusted, it's kind of answered throughout the movie that she's helping the scrolls. But is she helping the scrolls for like 30 plus years? And also, um, you know, where was she in the events in New York during the first Avengers? Uh, where was she during Guardians of the Galaxy uh, when Xandar is getting decimated by Ronan and, and the accusers? So um just a couple questions that could come up in the future that if i know feige the way i know feige not personally obviously as much as i want to <laughs> um <laughs> he's going to answer those in some way and i hope he does uh so it doesn't get too muddled um but anyways moving on to the changes from the comic books i'm not going to sit here and act like i have read any captain marvel comic books i just do my research before the movies and go in with limited knowledge but i do know that Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers' um, mentor in the comic books, uh, his name was Walter Lawson. So he was the original Marvel. Um, I don't know if anyone knows anything about that from the comics. Anybody can shed some light on that? No, nothing? No, okay. not really. Um, <laughs> but they changed in the movie, obviously, to have a Dr. Wendy Lawson uh, not be Marvel. Uh, so Marvel is the original Captain Marvel, Cree soldier, um, who basically dies, and when he dies, he gives over his powers to Carol Danvers. Uh, Steve, now knowing that knowledge, what did you think about the switch-up uh, from Marvell, Walter Lawson, to Wendy Lawson, and how, I guess, they brought that in um, as a story change and how the Tesseract kind of uh, tied that up there with that storyline? Yeah, I thought uh, 
given what the movie was, uh, obviously, you know, kind of in the same frame as Wonder Woman of female empowerment, um, it made sense to switch uh, the Lawsons uh, and and make it Wendy Lawson uh, and make her Marvel. Um, you know, the the whole it's uh, Carol, her best friend, and Doctor Larson in the Pegasus Project. Uh, back before she goes missing for 60 years and is presumed dead. Um, I think that's a good way to to kind of rewrite it as a little bit different from the comics, but also, you know, as a way to still give us the same character, still give us generally the same origin story where Marvell is killed. Um, and in the explosion that Carol creates uh, by destroying the the ship, uh, getting her give, accidentally giving herself uh, Marvel's powers. Right. And to kind of jump off that second part of the question that I had with the Tesseract, how did um, everyone, and Jared, you can start off, how did we feel about the Tesseract um, not being introduced, but being, I guess, uh, retconned into the Captain Marvel story? And how do we feel about going into the future and possibly playing a, a role in Carol's powers in Endgame? So, I thought it was interesting. I really liked how they gave her her powers because I was yeah. like, "How are they going to like justify this?" Especially when they didn't have that Marvel character, and uh, so, and I think it really sets up big time for Endgame because I think if she has the power of one of the Infinity Stones, like, does that mean she could be someone that could? wield them all at this point like if she has all if she is able to have the like for a normal person that should have killed them correct like they shouldn't have taken on the powers it, sh it should have killed them unless it, it wasn't being able to yeah. wield it and now that she has that power i don't know can she wield two three maybe all of them is that how you know that's uh, that was what <clears throat> i came away wondering you know yeah Plus, no. i think it's kind of cool to give it was a kind of a cool way to, to, to tie her into the universe. You know, it wasn't just like everyone kind of has a tie into the infinity stones. It seems like, and that was kind of hers and it was a really cool one and different and yeah, unique. Yeah, I will was... say, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so I will say with the Tesseract, the one thing I thought that was really cool with uh, the tie in from Captain Marvel into um, just the Avengers as we know it now, um, you know, we obviously see the Tesseract in the 40s uh, with uh, Captain America, and then you don't see much of it for another 50 years. You don't hear about it. And then I think, Jared, you pointed out in um, one of our chats that uh, it's mentioned in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about covering up Pegasus. Um, and I think the Tesseract being, you know, discovered by Howard Stark, being put into Project Pegasus, and then coming back around and being in possession and, and ending up in Nick Fury's possession uh, at the end of Captain Marvel. It's a nice little way to keep it from, like, so we know what kind of is going on and that it's not just sitting there at the bottom of the ocean for, or for however long, or it's not just sitting in a storage room somewhere it's that we're stuck people are studying it they're trying to figure out what it is what they can learn from it just a, a cool way to tie captain america into captain marvel at some point i'd like to point out with that ages of shield reference um i was kind of looking through that i think she was referring to and it was uh sky in the first episode of agents of shield she was referring to a cover up of project pegasus that was the avengers one facility not Pe oh, not okay. the other project passes so she was uh when loki blew it up at the beginning of avengers one that's what she was referring to okay it gets a little confusing there's a lot of pegasuses pegasi <laughs> there. i don't know i don't know what the proper term is for that <laughs> yeah so for the listeners that don't know abc's agents of shield has been going on on um ABC since 2013 follows um, basically the full Coulson storyline and uh, the role that S.H.I.E.L.D. plays in the overall universe. So um, not to get off, too off topic, Jared, but did you just start watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I've been watching about three years, I think. So I'm just kind of waiting for the new season to start up. You know, I'm ready. I think they, what, they sign up for two more seasons now? Two more seasons, yeah. I believe and now, 
shorter season. Greg's directing episodes now too, which is great. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Awesome yeah. show. I um, love Coulson, so I was really excited for him to be in Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but a small criticism I had about Carol taking that blast that you're talking about, Jared, and the way she got her powers. Um, just a general question for everyone. Like, I know taking a blast of an Infinity Stone like that, um, it was something that Peter was able to do, uh, not take a blast, but actually hold the Infinity Stone in his hand because he was, you know, half human, but also half alien. Um, why do you guys think that Carol was able to, to take that blast just as a human and contain the power of the, of the Space Stone? And do you think that was an opportunity missed uh, that they didn't explain? I thought you meant Peter Parker at first. And I was like, when did that happen? Peter Quill. I did too. I was like, what? I was like, man, what what did I miss? Hey, it's hard being the moderator, all right? Uh, Star Wars, (laughs) Peter Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Okay, so I don't know if it was a missed opportunity. I think it was one of those things like maybe the stone selected her like she was worthy of it. I don't know if the, I mean, it, it seems like the stones kind of like know who is able to hold them. I don't know. They haven't really said what gives someone the right to have it. Cause didn't Rogers hold one for a bit too in Captain America or did he not touch it at all? It's been a while since I've seen he, I thought he might've just held the Tesseract, but it's been, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. Yeah. I think he just held the Tesseract, but the explanation in guardians of the galaxy, uh, the first one, is that uh, no mere mortal can just hold an infinity stone, which is which makes Thanos that much more ridiculous that he can hold all six. six. Yeah. yeah. With the help and of Quill the... was only able to hold one because all of them transferred the power amongst each other to be able to. Because what they all six had to hold it, didn't they? Yes, all five. Yeah, five. yeah so, they yes. were all like in contact and. Groot yes. kind of shielded them at the end from the explosion, but yeah, that's well, right. I forgot. Yeah, Groot was already dead at that point. Um, but <laughs> oh, well. Team there, but yeah, the thing with yeah. Peter Quill was that he was half celestial, so that's why he was able to hold it. But anyways, not to get off on a tangent. Uh, moving on to Talos or Talos. Does anyone know how to pronounce that? Talos, Talos. 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 I thought it was. Oh, Janelle. Uh, Janelle, do you want to kick off with some thoughts about what you thought about Talos and the twist that they were actually the good guys? Sure. I mean, you kind of said it before. Like, it was a little... I mean, it didn't take me long to figure out that that's what they were going to do. I know Steve said he kind of figured it out pretty quickly as well. Um, But I did think Ben Mendelsohn did an exceptional job in that role. I thought he was a lot of fun. And then I thought, like, as it was developing some of the humor that was, you know, infused in there, like when they're at Maria's house and he's talking about his science guy, like that, that was kind of fun. Like, you know, and then I was thinking about how you just in general, how the scrolls could be incorporated, you know, as we're going forward and not to get too far into this, but I was wondering like with what the scrolls can do, how could that be incorporated potentially in the end game? Is there an, you know, is there an opportunity there? Will we see them again? Um, but, I mean, the twist was fine, you know, figured out pretty quickly, you know, that it was going to happen, that, you know, the Kree were in on what was going on with Thanos in some way when Ronan showed up. But that's kind of where I was, you know, on it. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. Right. And uh, to jump off of your thoughts um, that, you know, you maybe thought that someone was going to be a scroll that, you know, was an important piece of the story. I kind of thought the same thing when they first announced that the scrolls were, were going to be in Captain Marvel. So I thought that was going to be a post-credit scene where like you see Hawkeye turn into a scroll or Black Widow, but just thinking about it further, that would cause so many con- uh, continuity errors and uh, questions. So I'm kind of glad they didn't end up doing that in the yeah. end. Um, so I think they kind of hit them on that one, but um, to talk, talk about, about the, the uh... real villains of the story. Hmm. Uh, can we talk about the uh, the in-game trailer for a minute? One of the first ones where they showed uh, where they showed. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, Jared, because of the three of the four of us, <laughs> I have not seen a single second of anything related to Endgame other than oh that mid-credit God, scene. Dude. Are you kidding me? 
No, I'm trying. How do we do I'm, a podcast about this? <laughs> Are you going dark? We're not talking about Endgame. We're talking about Captain Marvel. I'm Can trying to make it to uh, premiere day without seeing anything, yeah. so I go right, in then, completely never mind. blind. Uh, we can move on to your to the. But I was going to say, I actually I like the twist with the scrolls, and I don't think it necessarily means we can't like. You know, there's scrolls. Like, there's a ton of humans. It's not like every human is Captain Rogers. There's going to be some bad. There's got to be some bad scrolls out there that may not have liked Talos's approach to dip diplomacy and so they could still do you know the invasion or something like that at a later date so i don't think it necessarily takes a i mean you know even within you look at all the good guys like yeah there's going to be the group of people that were just refugees but there's still going to be you know people that are you know scrolls that are military based or or think that you know attacking is the best way to go so i think that they still have the opportunity to go the way they want and i thought it was an interesting twist and once again, you know, it kind of made it because once again, as we were talking about, like, she was so strong. Like, the scrolls would have had no chance once she unleashed her real power. It would have made for a really boring movie. So I kind of like the approach they took with making her. It almost like they made her the villain of her own movie for a bit. Like, because the, the main thing she had to get over was her own. She had to get herself out of her way before she'd become who she's supposed to be. And everyone else was just kind of there to help her get there. And I think that was like an interesting challenge that the movie had because of its place in the series and and everything like that. But I thought th I thought they handled it well. I kind of liked it, but and I thought it was different. You know, it didn't follow the the same formula. You know, there there wasn't some terrible bad guy she had to almost get lucky to defeat. Like she she could beat anyone. It's just she had to realize she could. So right, and I guess I kind of mislabeled the scrolls um, the the good people because. We don't really know. There's not enough backstory to that, and it's a war, so we just know yeah. that they're trying to find an, a new yeah. place to live. Oh, and I, yeah, we know from the comics that Super Scroll is an actual villain, and um, I think a cool way that they can introduce him in the future is actually through Fantastic Four. If you guys didn't hear uh, today, Disney announced that they're going to finalize the acquisition of Fox on March 20th, so that's officially happening, and. Yeah, I think Super Scroll can be a really big opportunity for them. Um, just a little bit, what I know about him is that he can uh, not only take on one identity slash DNA, but multiple. So um, he can basically wield all four powers of the Fantastic Four at the same time. So I think that would be super cool if they got the CGI right and the story right and kind of a way to tie them into the future. So I agree with you, Jared, that probably not all scrolls seem to be, I guess, good. Wait. Even Talos admitted at one point, he said... We have blood on our hands. Yeah, I think that's what you were about to say, too. Mm -hmm. I saw you. Yeah. But yeah, he, he doesn't... He knows that, you know, he's done some things, too. It's just... I think he was more concerned about, at that point, his family and those that are innocent. And I think to him, that was more important than the war at the moment. Right. And um, I guess to kind of jump off on the real, um, quote-unquote, villains or antagonist of the movie uh the kree how did we feel about uh star force's role in the movie jude law did you think we got enough of them not enough um just anything in general about the kree and, and how they were painted as the the villains in the story well apparently i wasn't as smart as the rest of you guys because i enjoyed that twist with the squirrels i did not see that coming until I guess I sort of did just because they were making jokes on the beach and it's like, they don't seem like typical bad guys. They don't seem as serious at times, but as for the space force and the Kree, I kind of, I guess from just watching agents of shield and stuff like that, I kind of knew and just kind of knowing the Kree, I kind of, you know, especially with Ronan that I really kind of figured they weren't going to be good overall. I did think that Jude Law's character, which for some reason, his name escapes me at the moment. Anybody? I think it's Jan Rogue. Rog. Jan yeah, Rog. Jan Rog. Yes. So Jude Law's character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly thought, especially when he was kind of shielding uh, Danvers from from everything uh, when she was on Earth, and he was like, "No, we don't know where she's at." I thought he was actually on her side, and it'd just be them two, and then he'd sacrifice himself or something like that. And then it turned out to be completely the opposite direction. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, so uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little twist. Um, obviously. Yeah. 
if if my audio didn't cut out, all I was saying was I think we I would have liked a little bit more of Jude Law. Um, I thought he did a really good job. He's always really great, and I would have liked to see more of the Space Force. Um, I think the guy's name is Dijmon Hansu with the the two swords. Uh, that's going to be in pretty much. I think he's about to be in both the universes now, Marvel and DC. He was in uh, Guardians too. He was in Guardians one, right? Who is he going to play in DC, uh, Steve? He's he's the um, he's coming up in Shazam. He's the oh, no old way. version of Shazam that gives Billy Batson his powers. No way! I knew I recognized that voice from somewhere. Uh, in yeah. case um, the listeners right now don't know, Shazam's social media embargo did lift uh, slightly before the re- release of Captain Marvel. Um, and the reviews are spectacular. So hopefully that holds up to snuff, and we have another great movie to kind of tide us over until Endgame, and um, Steve doesn't have to rip his eyeballs out. Uh, because, Steve, dude, you know there's going to be an Endgame trailer attached to Shazam, right? You know there probably will be. Steve and is I will a probably... giant DC fan, too. So oh, my God. I, I love myself some Batman and, and The Flash and, and Aquaman and Green Lantern. So We should do a whole podcast on why he's wrong about Batman versus Superman. Superman. <laughs> Grow up at this point. <laughs> I take opinion a, a little bit less at this point. No, I'm, I'm kidding, buddy. DC, uh, <laughs> I really want them to do well, and I'm super excited that Shazam got those great reviews. Um, so hopefully it's a great movie. Yeah. Janelle, uh, do you think they got enough Space Force in the movie, though? Like, I thought... No? <laughs> I don't know. I think they could have developed their story a little bit. Like, I'd, I'd like to know more about them. Um... I mean, I thought Jude Law was great. Like, I thought, like, because just in the role of villain and how he was able to kind of pull off the, you know, I'm going to make it appear like I'm a good guy, but I'm actually a bad guy. Like, he sold it. I mean, I thought, I mean, obviously, like, I figured it out, but, I mean, he, he did a good job selling it, and I would have liked to have seen more of that. Um, and I think, had we not have had so much time on on the earth in the first 45 minutes to an hour of the movie. And it had it been more of a space movie, like it was supposed to be, we might've seen more of that. Um, Hopefully we'll see more if there's a follow-up movie uh, for her on her own. Would you guys want a space force movie like from her time in the space force? Or is that something that you feel like would not be, that'd be really tough to make a whole movie about that. Cause she really didn't do a whole lot. It almost seemed like in those six years It's like, Hey, this is your first real mission almost. Right, and I, I feel like it was a, it was just a matter of time constraints. Like you had to choose: do we want to talk more about this, or do you want to kind of show how she gets her powers and goes into Endgame? We have a two hours. What are we going to do? Yeah, I right. think it was more about setting up. Right. Sorry. Well, I'm just kind of cut out there for a second. I apologize. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure which one got recorded on that one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it just cut out everybody for a second. That moment that Jude Law though dropped his disguise, you know in the in that shed and he's like she knows i thought that was like really like that was pretty cool like that's a little sinister he's like he's like his whole demeanor changed in a second and i was like okay yeah cool. you, you could see it kind of go from like oh maybe he's really on her side to just like nope he he's just straight the villain for the last act of this movie yeah and we didn't really get um just another nitpick. I feel like I'm nitpicking everything, but we didn't really get a lot of Cree backstory. Um, I was really interested to delve deeper into the Cree uh, civilization, but I think that's just a byproduct, uh, like I mentioned in my written review of just the runtime. And, um, you know, there's literally not enough time to develop all these relationships and storylines. So um, the Supreme Intelligence, it's, I read the little subtitle that they put under underneath um I guess the scene when Carol's walking into the Supreme Intelligence and it says the AI leader of the Kree civilization. So their civilization is led by artificial intelligence. Do you mm-hmm. think that the Supreme Intelligence plays a role in future Captain Marvels in the Kree story? And I, I mean, do you even think that the Supreme Intelligence is a real thing or is it just like something made up to control people by the Kree? Steve. Um, I think it's, Maybe a little bit of both. I, I think, didn't she say something about at the end about helping get the scrolls that she was with to safety and then also kind of taking down the supreme intelligence? Didn't she say something along those lines? So I feel like if we're getting a, a 
a second a sequel like it's it's got to kind of focus on those years between the end of this movie and whatever is going on in Endgame. You've got to think, right? Or is it something that they maybe do on like Disney Plus? Right. And I guess with the timeline, and not exactly because it's like, you know, 50 years apart, but kind of mirroring um, the formula of Wonder Woman. Uh, Janelle, do you want the second Captain Marvel movie to be in the past or do you want it to be present day? I'd like to see present day. I mean, I think, well, before I answer that, I guess it's going to depend on what happens in Endgame. Like, where do they go from here? I think oh, if... Steve. I think, I mean, I'm not, like, this isn't spoilers. It's just saying, like, I like it depends on who sur- who's going to survive that movie. You know, who, who's going to come out alive. I mean, I think I would like to see, you know, what new evil they're going to come up against. Because if, if this Thanos storyline ends, then to keep it going, there's going to have to be some new evil force that is going to come up against them. So I'd like to see how she handles that with whoever else is alive around her right the eternals has got to introduce the new bad guy correct i'd imagine is it the eternals uh is that the name of the movie yeah i don't know where they fit in the slates i think right after far from home there's like a 11 10 yeah, months it's a really big break yeah and i, I don't think know guardians 3 was supposed to be yeah. in there but <laughs> i don't know what is next black widow the eternal strange 2 isn't it it's not official yet. If it was official, I would know because I'm a freak and I check like every day. <laughs> but yeah, but I got a few. The Eternals has to. There's got to be like it's got to be like Doom or someone like that. If they after the Fox merger is complete, yeah. Like I'm trying to think of who would be like next in terms of like Celestial and would actually give them a challenge because assuming that Captain Marvel survives Endgame, you know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Steve. Endgame's a movie uh, that's coming out soon. Uh, assuming thanks, she thanks, survives, you cut out for a little bit there, so I actually didn't hear you. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> assuming she survives, like they can't just like bring in a regular like. It's not like Zemo is going to be able to to stop her. Well, maybe I don't know. He was pretty. He was pretty good. Yeah, I think in general there just needs to be some answers uh, to what happened between. I guess, I guess then and now, what Carol's been up to, because yeah, a theme of all the Marvel movies is, has been, you know, setting storylines to be answered in the future. So I'm just super interested to see if they're gonna, they're not gonna be answered in Endgame. There's just, there's literally not enough time unless the Russos are maestros and somehow do it in like five minutes. Well, not I've, to mention that that opens up an opportunity for the scrolls. You know, thirty years. That's a whole new generation of scrolls. Yeah. Like, if they're thriving somewhere else, maybe they get upset with her over something. Maybe they have, maybe their relationship falls apart, and that's why she leaves, or something like that. And then eventually they come back to Earth out of like a to to get revenge or some. You know, obviously I'm not a a great Marvel writer, or I'd have a better idea. But you know, thirty years is a long time. I'm trying to I'm trying to think about like I'm reading an article right now about like like the upcoming Marvel movies after Endgame and after Spider-Man. The idea is that Black Panther 2 will be the next one after Spider-Man. And then potentially Eternals. And then Black Black Widow is 2021. And then Miss Marvel. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't remember them. I know that Feige has mentioned Miss Marvel, but if they're going to make a movie out of that, that's super awesome. And I'm hoping that Carol is involved in some way because I know she's, um, I believe her name is Kamala Khan's mentor. Yeah, it is. This, I mean, obviously this could change, but this particular article says Miss Marvel is July of 21. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that anywhere, but that um, you'll have to send me that link because that's interesting and awesome. Yeah, this has like all of the upcoming release dates that they have, and a lot of it's untitled Marvel movie, untitled Marvel movie, untitled, untitled, untitled. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they do some kind of unrolling like they did for Phase Three. I don't know if you guys watch that. Um, it's on YouTube if you haven't, but basically, Feige and the 
um, El Capitan Theater in LA, Hollywood, uh, unveiling the whole Phase 3 lineup. Inhumans was on there, so obviously not all came to be, but that was, like, the most awesome thing I've ever witnessed, man. Like, just a half hour of me just, like, freaking out over everything he had to say and just super cool event. And I'm hoping that they pull something similar this year at D23 in Anaheim. Jared lives in San Diego. Oh, I need to see if I can get tickets to that. <laughs> go up there. My, my, my friend Kevin, uh, who I see all these movies with, um, he's going up there. He got, like, the three-day pass. So you should consider that, dude. And then come back. Yeah, and what, what's the date for that? I'll see if I can get tickets still. It's probably sold out. I think it's in August some point. That'd be sick. Uh, Comic-Con, obviously. Comic-Con's already sold out. That sold out a long time ago. Oh, that God. you have to get like almost a year in advance, I found out. Because I, I did think of that, that one, and they're like, yeah, they sold out a while ago. Yeah. So I was going to buy like a Spider-Man suit, but I guess I'll wait for Halloween now. Right. So only 200 bucks. <laughs> I did have a question, though. Yeah, go uh, ahead. And it's for, I guess, Janelle. Um, going back to Carol Danvers' best friend, her co-pilot, and I'm really terrible at remembering names sometimes of people oh, yeah. who are major characters. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Her daughter, though, you know, assuming she didn't get dusted, um, I almost, I feel like it. I, I feel like they'd really be making a mistake if they didn't at least mention her in Endgame. Like, what do you think? Maria's daughter. And maybe or... even Maria too, like both of them. Like I don't know, Maria. I'm assuming Danvers apparently doesn't age with the with her new abilities as much as someone else, because I'm guessing Maria's got to be in her 60s by now, but her daughter would be 37, 38, maybe. Her yeah, maybe maybe early 40s. Her daughter allegedly is going to become Captain Marvel eventually. Like, that is the idea, is that she will eventually be Captain Marvel. Because in the comic book... I mean, I, I'm not a... I've not read all the comic books, so, like, do not take my word for it, but, like, I was reading about that because I was thinking, like, her daughter has to come up somewhere, you know, and, um, like, so I kind of was researching it. And, you know, one of the things that has come up is Maria Rambo's daughter, Monica you know, eventually becoming Captain Marvel because I guess that that ends up happening somewhere along the line in the comic books. I don't know if it's exactly that same storyline, but it does happen. Um, so that could potentially be something that they develop. Uh, I definitely think because of how important she is to Carol, that there could be mention of her and there could be potentially even mention of Maria because of Maria's skill set as a pilot. I figured that'd be the second place she'd go after, you know, if we're ready to jump into the post credit scene after asking about Fury, I feel like that'd be the second thing she'd try to find out. Unless she's right. all of a sudden really close to Coulson and wants to, you know, <laughs> wants to see what happened to him, too. Yeah. Got bad news on that end. <laughs> right. And I think an easy way to kind of cur uh, curtail that or to, to cut that out of Endgame is to just dust them. I don't know. I don't know, Jared. I don't know if <laughs> just dust them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't think there's time to mention everyone. Like, so, yeah. like what should we do? Them? Just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. They're fine. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen to Cassie, man? Uh, Scott well, Lang. They've yeah. got a running list. Even there, they got a running list on the computer. They show that, so she could literally just be like, "Hey, what happened to this person? This person?" They could look it up and be like, "Yeah, they're missing," and then we'd know. And that could be it. You imagine that's just what the whole movie is. They're just looking for people and they're like, yep, dusted, dusted, dusted. dusted. Gone. <laughs> just ends with Thanos smiling again. <laughs> just still at the farm. <laughs> so, I'm so I'm reading more about Monica Rambo, and it says, for a time in the comics, Rambo serves as the leader of the Avengers as Captain Marvel. She later sees the title and takes on the superhero named Photon and mm -hmm. remains one of the industry's most prominent black superheroes. Just thinking about it from a business perspective marvel would be stupid not to do that because you're i mean to have a a black female superhero would be really good for their just from a fan standpoint and bringing more people into the fold but right. that's just my idea and i totally agree janelle you kind of touched on it earlier um when i asked you you know the whole female perspective question but just representation in general. Uh, my feelings have consistently evolved on this, just kind of like reading those thoughts that, um, you know, some females have felt feelings they've never felt before when they go see a movie like Captain Marvel. 
how important do you guys think uh, the representation of, you know, different sex of people um, is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the DC Universe, just in films in general, just to kind of have a broader perspective on it? Um, and what kind of impact do you think it's going to have in the future, uh, bringing in different groups? Steve? Uh, I think it's it's great. Um, you know, obviously getting everyone equal representation in movies that for the long, longest time we've seen Superman, we've seen Batman, we've seen, um, you know, as bad as it was, Green Lantern, all these movies be, you know, white men. Uh, and to see, you know, starting, you know, almost a year ago or just a little over a year ago now with Black Panther uh, and the buzz that created just just by having a black super, uh, and then having Wonder Woman and now Captain Marvel, um, continuing that, I mean, it, it, it does really show that, uh, representation does matter. And, uh, it really shows that, you know, it really affects young people and how they think, uh, about themselves and about people around them. Yeah. That, that's why I think Janelle's mention of uh, Miss Marvel is, is so cool to even hear because, um, she's a Pakistani girl from New Jersey, uh, that comes across these powers and I think that within itself is is awesome that uh, they've gotten to this point when we know in the past they wouldn't have even thought about putting something like that in the theaters and the general public is so open to it because Captain Marvel opened to the second uh, biggest opening weekend in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it was like $445 million worldwide, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Um Gives yeah. me hope for a Miles Morales, Peter Parker team up in a future Spider-Man movie, which would be awesome. Yeah, yes, it would. I mean, yeah. are, he's in the universe technically. I know, but I think his and maybe someone else could shed light on this if they know. But I think Spider-Man's contract with the uh, MCU ends after um, his third movie. So after Far From Home, he has one more solo, and then it's up to Sony whether or not they want to re-up the deal. And with the success that they had with their their animated side of things, I don't know what they're going to do, and I'm scared. I think that I think that they'll understand. Uh, they're making money off Far From Home and all those still. Like they still make money from them, correct? Look at how much money they're technically in them, dude. Yeah, but they're not gonna. I think they realize that they're not. They they don't. They wouldn't be able to make as profitable as the Spider Man film. I think they would make more money by having Spider Man stay in the Marvel the MCU than they would by taking them back. I really do. And because they can technically borrow him. Like he could be in Venom too, I believe. It's just better yeah. to kind of keep him especially if they continue their animated side of it. They don't need to juggle two Spider Man projects. That seems like they really I mean, then again at Sony, maybe they think they can do it and they screw it all up. That wouldn't be the first time. But I think they've got an opportunity where they could still let, you know, Marvel MCU take Spider-Man, loan him out, and then continue to have their side of things with the with the Spider-Verse movies, which have an opportunity to, to really blow up, too. Right, yeah. I think Sony in general just has that opportunity to be that niche studio that handles uh, animation in a really cool way. And Steve, you were going to say something about that. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to touch, just before uh, Jared started there, he was talking about... Um, you know, the Miles Morales, Peter Parker team up. Uh, we did kind of get a mention of that in Spider-Man Homecoming with uh, Donald Glover's character uh, talking about having a, a cousin, I believe is what he said. Nephew. Um, or nephew, yeah, nephew. And uh, that would be Miles Morales, who, you know, eventually, as we just alluded to, becomes uh, another Spider-Man. So we could even potentially see that um, in live action in a future Spider-Man movie in the MCU. Which means Donald Glover would become the Prowler. That'd be kind of cool. Which I, I would be all for. Yeah, bring yeah. To have him play more in the movies. I'd be totally down for that. Just give me more Donald Glover in, in the MCU and I'll be okay with it. Yep. And just talking a little bit more about uh, you know animated superhero shows and, and movies, some news that broke today. Uh, I think I saw it on SlashFilm.com. Uh, basically that Disney Plus, the streaming service that's coming in fall of 2019, um, going to have all the Disney vaults, uh, MCU movies, everything like that. They're developing a Kevin Feige produced series called What If? Did anyone hear about this? No. I, I saw the one about Howard something. Duck, but I didn't see anything about What If. Uh, Howard the Duck is going to be on Hulu. 
Oh, well, so never mind. Then. Thing. Steve, did you hear about it? I did just see something probably right before we started talking on here, um, you know, before we started this call uh, about what if, uh, you know, what if the Avengers um, hadn't existed or something along those lines? Like, what if some things in the Marvel Universe were different and how it would affect everything? And I'm that's one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is just how things would be so different. Right. And, um, you know, who knows how long they're thinking about these ideas uh, to be in a brainstorming room with those those people. I, I can't even imagine the the genius ideas that come up with. But I guess the idea is they want to use the same actors to voice these animated characters. So we don't, you know, forget about um, these people that might not go on in, into the future of live action movies. And I think that's super cool because we're yeah. attached to them at this point. And um, to just get rid of someone like Loki, who's doing live action with the Disney Plus, so that's not a good example, uh, wouldn't be a smart move for them because there's still so much more story to tell with him, and he's a fan favorite. So I think they've done a really good job at uh, coming up with ideas like that, as evidenced by today's news. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. So yeah. maybe we can keep uh, Steve Rogers after he gets killed in the next movie. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> done with uh, the MCU. Some ominous line like that, and some people thought they were saying that he might like direct a future movie or something, but maybe he's going to be in the What If series. Either way, yeah. I'm watching. I'm buying Disney+. Plus. Is everyone yeah. buying Disney+. Plus? Um, I'm considering it now that they mentioned they'll have yeah, the entire Yeah, I'll probably end up getting it. it. I keep saying I'm not going to, but I'll probably like ditch some other service and be like, yeah, Disney Plus it is. Like, Hulu, you're gone. There's going to be <laughs> so much. Um, and I just thought of this right now. I was like, what if they had like a, a flurkin, like animal uh, Avengers or something is it like that? Like, yeah. Is it 16 a month, like 15.99 a month? I don't care what it is. I'm paying, man. <laughs> yes. I get Southwest reward cards, uh, reward points for that. So I'll rack up <laughs> the charges and come see you in San Diego, Jared. There you um, go. That's one thing we didn't touch on, though, just to kind of wrap up on Captain Marvel, was the other important side characters. Um, so Goose, um, you know, the cat Flurkin, uh, Samuel L., we talked about him a little bit, Phil Coulson, uh, characters like that. Janelle, how did you think they were uh, portrayed in the storyline there? And did you love Goose like everyone else did? Yes, I loved Goose. I thought that, would, I mean, I know... A lot of people are like, this is borderline ridiculous. And it is. But you have to know going into the movie that there's going, I mean, it's, think about what you're watching and think about the audience. Um, but I thought that, I mean, that was fun and, and silly and, you know, kids will get a kick out of it, you know, whatever. Um, and then, like, there was some humor with Maria and uh, Fury with the cat, you know, towards the end of the movie. Um, Fury himself, I thought it was cool that we finally got to see why his eye is the way that it is. You know, you know, why does he wear the eye patch? So, you know, kind of getting some of his backstory, but not all of it. Um, I think there's more story to tell for him, but they just couldn't tell it all in a two-hour time period that was supposed to be about Carol Danvers. Um, Coulson, I love Agent Coulson. And personally, I would have loved to have seen more of him. But I did think it was cool to see why Fury trusts him implicitly because he kind of looks he looks the other way you know when they're trying to you know capture him towards the beginning of the movie um when you know they're trying to get carol and him regardless um so i mean i was i was happy you know with the way they kind of infused them here and there uh but that's kind of where i landed on those anybody else with thoughts on the side characters i personally really liked how they did the de-aging um of nick fury uh samuel so jackson looked great um there's been a lot of de-aging in a lot of movies recently and i think this is one of those first ones where man this looked like samuel L. jackson looked like 20 years ago compared to uh to uh robert downey jr in civil war and it's like night and day he looks so animated in that movie yeah and yeah. I don't know, but you know, I'm a Colson stand, so any anytime he was on anytime he was on, on camera, I was like, Yes, let's go. Yeah, you know, we need and him. I kinda like they went back to his uh his kind of comedic roots, like he was kinda used more in the in their earlier films. Like going into the T V series, I don't know how many of you guys have watched Agents of Shield, but he kinda takes on more of a serious role at times. He still has the jokes, but he's also at times more serious because he kinda has to be. He he kinda takes over and and acts 
Lotus Fury, especially after the events of civil of uh, excuse me, uh, Winter Soldier, he kind of has to become the de facto leader at times, and so he, he's a lot, little bit more serious. So it's kind of more fun to see him be more carefree and and cracking jokes about everything basically. And I, was, I don't know, I've always loved his character, so it was really fun to see him back on the big screen again. Yeah, and if you watch Shield, he really—I mean—they developed the hell out of his character, and he's Big like time. I mentioned in my written review, he's a, a born tactis- tactician, and he has dry humor, and he's hilarious. And I wish they just portrayed that a little bit more in Captain Marvel. I don't know if anyone else felt the same. If you watch Agents of Shield, um, but yeah, and I then, think that's something that developed though over the years. Like you know, he's kind of because I think they went back to more of his his original Iron Man humor and original, you know, when he was like in the original <laughs> Avengers movie, he was like basically fangirling over meeting steve and everything like that yeah <laughs> and steve um just the de-aging in general um not to get too off, off topic but i mean it's so amazing who knows what they could do in the future like can they have not that they would but would they have samuel L. jackson be the star of his own movie in a completely de-aged role like could they do something like that I mean, I mean, based on what we saw, I mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it is a little unlikely given how old Samuel L. Jackson is now. Uh, but I don't think, you know, if they do it relatively soon and, and plan it in the next couple of years that we could potentially get something uh, that's just a Nick Fury, a Nick Fury movie. Right. And Netflix is actually um, coming out with a Martin Scorsese directed and produced uh, film called The Irishman. I don't know if anyone's heard of this at all, but uh, it's a gangster movie with Robert De Niro um, and they're going to de-age the hell out of him. And I can't wait to see it. And yeah, hopefully they can we, uh, technology uh, on me someday. and That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, can we talk about the uh, post credit scenes, though? I don't think we really got into those yet. We kind of mentioned it, but we haven't really like talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe so we right have to have now, Steve hang up on us now because... <laughs> no, no, no post credits are fine. Where, where are we on runtime, Steve? Uh, we're, we're pushing like 59 minutes here. Okay, we'll, so we'll cut, cut it down. Things up, so this is kind of going to co- come into this point in the conversation, but Avengers Endgame expectations, and then Jared, start off with what you thought of the mid credit scene, which lends to that topic. Okay, so mid credit scene... I did not expect that. I thought it'd show her off in space or something like that. I did not expect them to show the Avengers sitting on Earth and for her to show up at the end of it. I thought, honestly, I thought it'd be like, uh, so I was shocked when they first showed up, first of all, when it was like Steve and all of them. And then I was like, okay, they're going to show that they're waiting for the pager and it's going to cut out be like, oh, let me know when they show up. And then she'd walk off and it cut to black. I did not expect danvers to like pop in and be like where's fury like that really kind of made me jump and also was awesome i and this is kind of a weird like hope but i really hope that that scene happens midway through the movie or not midway through but like maybe 25 minutes in yeah so three hours i think it might happen in the beginning beard well and i know steve close your ears for this real quick that's all right. I'm. I'm uh, at this um, point. <laughs> the the one of the trailers has them all sitting around and being you know down downtrodden about what happened, and then you know they have Ant Man out of nowhere, and like that it's just that whole like thematic that seems like it would have happened before Bree showed up. I think that her or before Danvers shows up. I feel like her showing up will kind of lift spirits, and they seemed way too downbeat for that to for her to have already showed up at that scene if that her makes showing sense up, her showing up to be a, a turning point that's yes. one of the turning points of the movie and it seemed like a lot of the trailer was showing stuff before she shows up so i think that scene happens just a little bit down the line i agree but don't forget how smart they are and how they play with us in the trailer oh yeah no agreed i just i'd be very mm-hmm. bummed if they go into the movie and the movie starts with her already being there like cool. that would be a disappointment for me I hope that that scene actually happens in the movie. I don't know if they've ever done yeah. that before where they show the same scene twice, but I kind of hope it does. Right. Janelle, uh, mid-credits scene and expectations for Endgame. Uh, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was just enough. Um, and, I mean, it was it was surprising to me that they would include her in it. 
but I thought it was just enough to to get people wondering, you know, like what's going on, you know, you know, how are they, you know, kind of to the point that's been made, like when exactly is this happening? And I do hope that like there's some build up to it. Like it would suck if that was like early on because then, you know, what else is you know, where do they really go from there? Um, and then as far as expectations, uh, I was actually thinking about this over the over the weekend. I think obviously Cap is going to I think he's gonna die. I think that's kind of everybody's foregone conclusion. But I'm not sold that Iron Man is out because Tony Stark has carried this franchise for how long now? And I feel like if they get rid of him and they get rid of the option to bring him back in cameo roles with like Spider-Man, I think that's going to hurt because I'm not sure that there is somebody who can carry it the way that he has carried it so far with this phase. I'm not sure they really have that affinity yet for Captain Marvel. I know Black Panther was a big deal, but I still don't think he's Iron Man level yet. So I think it'll make people happy if they keep him around and he comes back in small roles here and there. Steve, same question for you. Yeah, uh, so the mid-credits scene I loved, uh, especially not having seen trailers, uh, not knowing... You know, up until now, um, that that Ant Man does get out of the quantum realm at some point. We assume, obviously, but uh, I mean, the trailer doesn't to. have to happen in the movie. That's true too. They could yeah. just be throwing uh, fake scenes in there. <laughs> yeah, they could. It could very well could be a fake thing. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was very different to see Captain America, Black Widow. Banner uh, just kind of sitting there staring at computer screens, watching numbers count into the millions and millions and millions uh, of people that are missing and disappeared. Uh, and really kind of you get the gravity of what happened in the end of Infinity War um, and you get the gravity of what's going to happen in Endgame um, and watching that beeper just kind of go out and Captain say, just keep trying it, keep trying it, keep trying it. And then the last thing you hear is where's Fury and then credits continue. Um, I think it's a really good tie into Endgame. But I I am with Janelle. I think Captain America, um, he's going to end up dying in Endgame. I think there's going to be a couple other deaths, uh, obviously. that You can't just escape with just Captain America dying. Uh, There's going to have to be a couple others uh, to really drive home the point um, of what Thanos can do. Um, I think probably Thor will survive. I think there's a lot he can do, uh, especially after Ragnarok, uh, where he, you know, gets all of his powers, you know, by the end of Infinity War. I think Ant-Man, you got to keep around. But, you know, beyond Captain America, I'm not sure who else is going to die, but we're going to get a couple. And, yeah, with the mid-credits scene, uh, at least for me, you can immediately tell the switch from direction to a Russo brothers produced scene. Uh, my heart immediately started pumping. Uh, um, it was the same thing that kind of happened. Uh, Black Panther didn't really have like a, a scene that related to infinity war besides um, Bucky and his arm. Um, but um, yeah, man, like Black Panther and, and Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel, I keep wanting to say Captain America. Um, they kind of had the disservice of being the movies right before the big ones, not to take anything away from them, but that mid credit scene was the best part of the night for me. It's just cause mm-hmm. I've been so long to get any snippet of anything from that. And, um, just expectations. You guys kind of hit on all the points that I was going to say. Uh, I think the Russo brothers are going to make, uh, a fantastic ending to the story. Um, I would love for them to come back. Uh, but if, this is their last film with the MCU. They've done um, a great Absolutely. job. I think above and beyond yes. the best directors and no one else could have done this. I, I just don't know who would have. So um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, I'm traveling to Seattle to go see it like a psychopath from Michigan uh, to go meet up with my friend. How from far the drive is that for you? Or flight, I guess. I'm flying. Yeah, it's going to be a six hour flight. You guys all seeing it in your respective hometowns. I got to hit up Spencer, see if he wants to go see it in LA. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know where I'm going to be seeing it. I'll either be seeing it probably either here in Erie or in Columbus, uh, but one of those two more than likely. 
So you know, I guess there goes our plan to go to Missouri to go see it with <laughs> Joey and Joey everyone. and IMAX. <laughs> I will see it at the AMC at Disney in Dolby Cinemas. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, it better be in IMAX. If anyone is watching it in standard, you're eliminated from the vlog. Wait, who, who's all dressing up? <laughs> dressing up, dressing up, dressing up. I always go with my t-shirt. That's what I do. I need to go get a t-shirt. Question, though, and I just have a quick question for everyone. Because <laughs> I guess you've all decided that Captain America is going to die. Would you rather have Sam or Bucky take over as Captain America if they both survive? Man, that's such a tough question. I think it's got to be Bucky. I feel like he, he fills the void better. Like, I Sam think has it to has really to be developed given as a the... character in the movie. Like, he's not strong enough, as terrible as that sounds. Like, I feel like Bucky's the only one that could replace him. I think it has to be Bucky. I think just the narrative arc of Captain America movies developing Bucky, I think it kind of has to be. It almost is like they're setting him up for the role. Yeah. I'm going rogue and saying they need to shelve the character f- for a while. Just the character of Captain America. I don't That's think fair. anyone else can take um, Chris Evans's role. Not that they would be taking his role, but the moniker of Captain yeah. America. I don't know how you feel about that, Janelle. No, I would agree. I mean, I'm not sure that they will, but like out of respect for him and the role that he's played in the MCU, like I give it a rest. Bring him back eventually, but not right now. That'd be, and I also like. I feel the same way. Like there will never be another Iron Man. Like just so, just don't don't go there. Do not try it. Don't try it. His son. He is. He is oh. Iron Man. Yeah, Tony Stark. I forgot what his son's name is. I think it might be Tony Stark Jr. Peter Parker. Uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> final, final, final thoughts. Since we're going over like an hour here, and I'm sure everyone's been listening to every single word that we've been saying. Oh, we'll probably edit it down a lot. <laughs> yeah, final, it's a little snippets. One through ten. Uh, I don't oh, care geez. how you do the increments, but uh, I'm going to start off and give it a seven point four. So seven point four out of ten. Janelle, what do you got? I'll give it an eight. It was an eight, J- Jared. Can I describe why? I'm going to say seven point five, and I'm I'm not even waiting for an answer, just because I felt like. It was a great movie, but it was kind of almost like a filler. It had to explain the character before she shows up in Endgame. And I feel like it wasn't like a great opportunity for her in the movie. But overall, I really enjoyed the movie, which is all you can ask for. So point one above me is showing off. Steve, what do you got? Like the price is right. You know what? Just to show off more, I'm going to go one point above Jared. 7.6. Because <laughs> uh, I, I have the same kind of thoughts as Jared does. Um uh, there was a lot that they had to try to get through. The first 45 minutes was, was very flat, uh, but it did pick up and it was very, it was still very entertaining. And even if it, you know, was one of the not as great Marvel movies, it was still a very good movie overall. I agree. All right, guys. So thanks for joining us on a special edition of quick whistle. Thank you to Steve and Janelle for allowing us to use the platform and uh yeah if you have any thoughts or comments or anything like that please hit us up on facebook the blog uh, if you read it and hope you have a great night thanks guys